Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term requires broadband. Further terms apply. Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240-centimetre dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie if you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a flag, this podcast contains strong language. Today on the Indo Daily, Jerry the Monk Hutch, Jonathan Dowdall, a murder trial, and that recorded road trip. Jerry Hutch pulled his beanie hat down tight to eye level as he climbed into a grey SUV on a bitterly cold day in March in 2016. His younger companion, former Sinn Féin councillor Jonathan Dowdall, was in the driving seat. As that Toyota Land Cruiser pulled out of the pub car park near Dublin Airport, the pair set out on their three-and-a-half-hour journey to Straban, a town in North County Tyrone that straddles the border with County Donegal. But they weren't alone. Both men were under intense guard scrutiny in the weeks after the Regency Hotel shooting. And that day, on the 7th of March, was no different, with an undercover guarder recognising Jerry Hutch as he climbed into the car. In fact, as he and Jonathan Dowdall spoke while driving north for a suspected meeting with Republicans in the aftermath of the gangland attack, Every single word uttered by the pair was recorded. Now, six years after the shooting and five weeks into Hutch's murder trial at the Special Criminal Court, that 10-hour tape of their conversations on that journey could be critical in deciding the monk's fate. I'm Siobhan Maguire, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Irish Independent Court reporter Andrew Phelan, who's been covering the case in Court 11. And just before I speak with Andrew, here's a taster of some of those conversations that were played out in Court 11 last week. In this extract, Jonathan Dowdall criticises Mary Lou Macdonald, the Sinn Féin leader, for not attending the funeral of Jerry Hutch's brother, Edward, who was shot dead. She was on the telly the night Nettie got shot. She branded everyone as scumbags. She should have turned around and said, I know that deceased man, I know that family. You are in her area. And she should have said it. Nettie's funeral, she should have went to it. None of them were at it. She has amnesty from anything like that. She stayed away from that funeral on purpose. But you were good enough, Gerard, to use for votes. You were good enough to use for money. I know that, man. In this next extract, Jonathan Dowdall and 
Jerry Hutch discuss the Kinnahans. How did they get so big, so strong? They used the best of the young fellas. Blinded by greed. It's not just the money, it's the bleeding power as well. With the Kinnahans, it's the power, yeah. They want to be the biggest gang in Europe. The Colombians all would have to come to them. I don't think any country in Europe would let them in now, do you? I'd say any country in Europe they go to, they'd be scourged in until they leave. The court heard Jerry Hutch and Jonathan Dowdle discussing the involvement of Northern Republicans in brokering a ceasefire and peace deal with the feuding Kinnahans. Will Kinnahans meet them? I'd say he will. I'd say he met them in London. In this part of the tape, Jerry Hutch remarked on them playing both sides. To which Dowdall repeatedly said They won't do that, Gerald. And they would fuck too many people over. Later in the tape we hear I told them. I said I can't wait for the election. I hope the Shinners take over and set up their own hit squad. When speaking about the Republicans, Dowdall said They are getting the cream of the crop of so-called gangsters in Dublin. Mr Hutch said they were Dictators and wanted to go in with an Iron fist and Don't want to take any advice off us. Dadol says Jared, I'm in this with you till the bleeding death. He told Mr Hutch he did not think it would be wise to Let them off the hook and they had killed his brother and they're killing people in the community. Andrew, this really is riveting stuff from the special criminal court. And you've been sitting in daily. You're back in again today. But you were there last week and you heard so much uh, from that 10 hour recording. Can you recap some of the more sensational details from that taped conversation for us? Yes, Siobhan. Well, Jerry, the monk Hutch was being driven uh, north to uh, meetings with Republicans, according to the prosecution in this case, by uh, Jonathan Dowdall, uh, the ex-Sinn Féin councillor. And the conversations that they had on that journey, 10-hour journey, was uh, recorded in full by a Garda booking device. And it was, it was really an extraordinary uh, conversation or set of conversations they had as they went to these alleged meetings. Uh, very early into that journey, uh, we heard Hutch talking about what the prosecution says is the three AK-47 assault rifles that were used in the Regency shooting. Um, now, it's important to say he didn't directly refer to these weapons, but he described them as three yokes were throwing them up to either way. And he says there's a present them three yokes. Prosecution says this is uh, Hutch sending the guns up to the Republican contacts who the Hutches are trying to get to broker a peace deal with the Kinnahans. Hutch goes on to say in 12 months time, there's two RUC men dead there and them things are ballistically traced. And Dowdall, uh, he says, they're going to blame them on the Regency. A bit of background here now is Hutch's brother, Nettie Hutch. He'd been murdered three days after the Regency attack. This was uh, believed to have been a revenge killing. And there were fears at the time among the Hutches over the feud escalating even more after this. And this was what prompted them seeking peace. Hutch talks about his brother's murder, saying those who've done Nettie have to go. Uh, he refers to them as just hitmen. He says the shooting has to stop and the IRA would have to be at the meet. He, he goes on to mention the Gardaí running around like headless chickens and loads of F-ups are after being made. And uh, that's when Hutch says um, they don't know, sure the six people don't even know. And we've heard that there are alleged to have been six, well, there, there were six people involved in the attack at the Regency, although uh, nobody's been identified. 
Hutch says the people that were there themselves don't know. And it's, it was all speculation looking at the snaps. Hutch also uh, brings in the Kinnahans saying it's hard to get involved where they're concerned because it doesn't work. The messenger gets it. But uh, he said he, he's not going to go and show a weak hand by, by looking for peace. Another um, important reference to uh, what the prosecution says are the guns was uh, when Dowdall tells Hutch, you know, the best move you did, the best thing that happened was the particular yokes that was used. That in itself made some statements. And Hutch agrees with this saying, uh, yeah, a massive statement. I mean, you're sitting there, Andrew, listening to all of this. I mean, the, the, the details are incredible, really, when you think about it. Jonathan Dowdle, even referring to um, Jerry, uh, the monk Hutch, as Gerard as well throughout, uh, you know, with quite a respectful tone, or maybe that's how he is addressed. And we're all wrong in thinking he's called Jerry. But then he also makes some very uh, serious claims about Mary Lou MacDonald as well, doesn't he? That's right. Uh, and these claims um, seems to come out of kind of nowhere in the in the conversation um he he brings up the subject and this claim about votes and money you know came during a tirade he launches into against uh, his uh, former party leader first of all uh Dowdall criticizes miss mcdonald for not attending the funeral of Nettie hutch Dowdall tells hutch uh, she was on the telly the night Nettie got shot and she branded everybody as scumbags um Dowdall says that she should have turned around and said, I know that deceased man, I know that family. And uh, he tells her it'd be different if she wasn't a politician from the area, but she was. He says, use her in her area and she should have said it, he says. Uh, he, he goes on to say Nettie's funeral, she should have went to it. Um, Hutch now interjects at one point and, and says none of them are at it, meaning politicians from the area. Um, but he goes on to agree that Christy Burke was the only one who was there. Um, but Anyway, Dowdall, he goes on to say, um, yous were good enough, Jared, to use for votes. Yous were good enough to use for money. So, Siobhan, this is the political and financial support that, that has been mentioned, though Dowdall didn't elaborate on that. He, he just he just goes back to Nettie's funeral then, uh, saying that uh, she should have come to it again and she should have said, I know that man. He says Nettie was innocent and she should have come out and said that and that it was untrue that uh, Jared, so-called monk uh, Hutch, was involved in selling drugs. Mr. Hutch says then uh, they tried to keep away from dodgy subjects at a dodgy time. They were in enough S with the special criminal court and Slab Murphy. But um, Dowdall says it's in her area and she was sticking her head under the sand on it. He says it will come back to bite her. Andrew, in fact, there's a whole lot of references to the IRA and dissidents uh, throughout the conversation as well, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of uh, general discussion about the IRA, dissident groups, the provosts, the contos are mentioned, which I understand is a reference to continuity IRA. And um, a lot of this is Dowdall giving his opinions, is sometimes uh, pretty critical of people within the Republican movement. One IRA a um, man that they mention by name is Pierce McCauley. Um, he's a convicted killer who previously served a sentence for the manslaughter of Detective Garda Jerry McCabe in 1996. And Hutch at one point tells Dowdall he and McCauley go back a bit. Um, Dowdall says Hutch is friends with McCauley. And he says Pierce would ring them and all if you want, Jared. And um, McCauley was that he actually came into uh, the discussion about, well, into what Dowdell had to say about um, Mary Lou MacDonald. And he mentions that uh, she had 
he believes no reason to stand up and slate Pierce um, when she said she came out and said his sentence wasn't long enough at the time of uh, his conviction for assault. So, um, yeah, elsewhere, there, there are also references to the murder of real IRA member Vinnie Ryan previous week and the shooting of his older brother, Alan, a few years before that. So, yeah, the IRA is a, a constantly recurring topic, all right. Um, they also mentioned um, at one point last Thursday, they even moved on to discussing a 1988 case of three IRA members who were killed in Gibraltar in Spain. And uh, they even spoke about what the provost might have thought of Michael Collins, that he was a traitor. They all didn't think he was. But in terms, funny enough, in terms of the Republican contacts that they're supposedly going to meet, um, they don't name people, but there are regular references to uh, a man called We who Dowdall says is an ex-provo who doesn't believe in the peace process. And um, at one point, after a meeting in the North, Dowdall's complaining about a four-hour drive to stand in a lane for five minutes. And we're presuming this is a reference to the meeting they just had. And again, they don't name who they've met, but Hutch says to Dowdall, did you not realise you were talking to the three wise men, the three chiefs? These are the head honchos, basically, is is what Jerry Hutch is saying to Dowdall. Well, it, again, it's it's not always easy to to tell when sometimes when if is is he being tongue in cheek? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? You know, is this this being serious? Sometimes the the context can can be a bit um, hard to hard to pin down. You know, Hutch frequently uh, chips in with a bit of dry wit when he's describing uh, things and people. So, you know, it's not possible whether to take that seriously, really. And actually, on that point, Jerry Hutch is in court listening to this. What was his demeanour last week, Andrew, for example? Did he react in any way to to any parts of, of the recorded conversation? Well, yeah, he's actually he's looked um, he's looked riveted, to be honest, as he as he follows the tape. Um, although I presume it's familiar enough material to him. But uh, he, he wasn't just um, listening along with the aid of the headphones that he's been using. But uh, he could be seen to be leaning forward and watching the transcript as it scrolls kind of quickly up the screens in the courts. Um, in case listeners wouldn't be aware, there, there's actually a, a transcript being played across the court while this uh, audio is played back so everybody can follow it because otherwise it would be sometimes difficult to attribute who's saying what because they, they don't sound radically different to each other. Hutch was uh, smiling and laughing occasionally as he watched this. One one part uh, seemed to have amused him um, was the, the million dollar man reference. This was a reference to a bounty that was reportedly on his head at the time. On the tape, Dardos says to Hutch, a million quid, is, is that what they said is on you now? And Hutch says, that's what they said in the paper, the million dollar man. And there are peals of laughter in the tape at this. The two of them actually frequently break into, into loud laughter, usually at Hutch's jokes. But um, yeah, Hutch was laughing at this again as he listened back to it and as he watched it. There was another point on, on the tape, actually, they're discussing a particular uh, man with some contempt. And Hutch wonders if he's looking for medals or something or if he's looking for a Blue Peter badge. And as this was played in court, Hutch was again laughing away in the dock. And I'm of a generation that remembers those Blue Peter badges very, very well, um, Andrew. Yeah, there are references that, yeah, it's a generational thing, I think. <laughs> and when you talk about the, the, you know, him smiling at that uh, reference um, to himself as the million dollar man, he's, of course, referring to the Kinnahans who supposedly had this bounty on his head. And there's an awful lot about the Kinnahans, as you might expect, in the aftermath of the Regency shooting throughout that 
that 10-hour conversation. Jerry Hutch saying they want to be the biggest gang in Europe. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, the whole reason they were travelling north, um, the prosecution says, is for the purpose of seeing if Republicans are going to get involved in brokering a peace deal, as we've said, with the Kinnans. So, like, that's that's going to be a big feature anyway in the conversation. But apart from just the Kinnans, were like, another constantly recurring topic of conversation for, for both of them. Early on, Hutch says of the Kinnans, I think they're after getting a good wallop, a good bang there. And uh, he says, Daniel Kinnan looks in an heap from newspaper photographs he'd seen. He says, I'd be like that and someone came running in with an AK-47 and I got out by the skin of my teeth. And um, he goes on to say, you could see he's totally disturbed, still talking about Daniel Kinnan, we presume. Dowdall tells him, either way, they're going to jail, Jared. They also actually touched on the MGM gym in Marbella, if you remember, that was co-founded by Daniel Kinnan. And uh, this was involved in the promotion of the boxing event at the Regency. And uh, Dowdall says at one point about the gym that it has to be effed now. And Hutch replies to him, um, yeah, it has to be damaged. But the, uh, the the biggest gang in Europe, yeah, <laughs> at one point, Dowdall goes right back into the Kinnan's history asking, um, like, how did they get so strong or so big? And uh, Hutch says to him, they used the best of the young fellas, he says, they made a few quid, but they started making big money about two years ago. And uh, Dowdall says it seems to him that they're just blinded by greed and they're willing to overlook everything for money. And according to Hutch, it's a bit of power as well. It's not just the money, it's the bleeding power as well, he says. And Dowdall agrees with this. Uh, with the Kinnons, it's the power, yeah, he says. Hutch says then that they want to be the biggest gang in Europe. This is the Kinnons. Uh, the Colombians and all that come to them, he says. And which says he didn't think any country had let them in now. Andrew, there's a, a couple of lighter moments um, throughout uh, the conversation last week, wasn't there? Uh, Melda May, for example, um, Hutch is a fan. Uh, yeah, apparently. I mean, obviously, you know, this is a murder trial and there's a victim and some serious issues at stake here. But um, yeah, no, the, you know, Melda May came up, uh, you know, in one of the lighter moments on the tapes. Dowdoss says his wife has gone to see that Adele in concerts and that he kind of remarks that she was down to earth like one of us. And that's when Imelda May comes in. Uh, Hutch says he, he likes her and uh, it takes him a while though to figure out who, who he's talking about. Uh, Hutch says I'm brutal with names and, uh, you know, it takes him a while to figure out her name. But when they do, Dowdoll chips in that she's mad as a bleeding brush. Um, Conor McGregor gets a mention as well. Uh, uh, Dowdall seems to be very interested in his fights. He's talking about that. Other celebrities, I suppose, that, that, that were brought into, into the mix was um, one exchange. Hutch talks about a Clinchy, he says, who's an actor from the Love Hate TV crime series. And uh, I suppose there's a bit of a dark turn then to that conversation because Clinchy's been put in custody and he's awaiting sentence, Hutch says. Oh, life imitating art. Yeah. And finally, Andrew, um, I'll, before I let you go, because I know you have you have a whole week ahead of you now um, covering this court case again. Have we any idea how things might play out this week? Well, the admissibility of um, all of that uh, tape evidence uh, is was objected to by um, the defence, by Hutch's defence. And uh, Brendan Grehan, uh, his barrister, set out his stall on, on, on his reasons for objecting to that um, at the end of the tapes. Coming up, um, as soon as that issue um, is put to bed, then 
Uh, we're expecting to get uh, the evidence of Jonathan Dowdall at some point. He's expected to be called as a witness soon. He hasn't been named, but uh, they've said a significant witness is, is yet to, to come. And um, there's been some assumptions that that's Jonathan Dowdall. Well, look, we'll, we'll have you back on again, no doubt. Andrew Phelan, thank you very much for your time. And my thanks to Irish Independence court reporter Andrew Phelan for joining me today. And Andrew's continued coverage of this trial can be followed on independent.ie. And many thanks to both Owen Breslin and Darren Halley for voiceover work on today's episode. I'm Siobhan Maguire and this episode of the Indo Daily was produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan with sound by Gavin Hennessy. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. And you'll find more of our award-winning journalism on independent.ie.